Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer and very nice chap, Chris Files, about what comics he would take into a super intelligent ape takeover apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, who right now have their latest Kickstarter running for the history of comics, 1966, 1972, 1982 and 1989 which cover subjects such as Steve Ditko, Swamp Thing, V for Vendetta and Marvel in the UK amongst many 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 others. Find out more by searching for History of Comics on Kickstarter or by simply clicking the respective link in the show notes. Also, on a side note, if you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Chris Files. How's it going? Oh, hi. Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad either. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the weather's been a bit funny today. Um, Grey little bit of drizzle um so yeah and it's meant to be august <laughs> yeah i know same here actually and i'm just over visiting um from ireland actually i'm just visiting my my dad at the moment and i was hoping right. the weather would be nice because he's by the sea and oh no yeah. it's it's miserable <laughs> no joy ah oh, yeah no no good but uh yeah apart from that uh just uh just plodding along nicely uh now chris it's it's great to to have you on the podcast uh but for anybody that hasn't come across you just yet what do you do in the world of comics hi well basically i am a comic book writer um i'm just about to launch my second book um i launched a book last year on kickstarter it's an lgbtq comic called fanny galactic tuck to the future um it's a comedy about a drag queen who finds herself in a dystopian future after her wind machine mysteriously explodes on stage so the first book was all about what happens when she goes to the future and she finds the world has been kind of overrun by um, psychotic drag queens and they've kind of taken over and it's uh, the world is now ruled by an evil one called the one so the first book is all about her going to the future and trying to get home but the new book is kind of based in the same world but it's about what happens in the world after this poor drag queen gets plunged into the future. So it's basically about what happens to her friends once her wind machine is exploded and how the world ends up being in this kind of strange state. So it's kind of comedy thriller, a bit more serious than the first one. So that's just about to launch on Kickstarter. Fantastic. Um, and of course, those links um, will all be in the show notes. Uh, but where else can people find you online? Um, you can find me usually on Twitter at I am Chris Files, and that's I A M F I L D E S. Fantastic. Um, and again, uh, they, uh, Chris's Twitter link will be in the uh, in the description, folks. So go follow Chris in a good way. Um, not a stalker way, um, on Twitter, um, and go check out his Kickstarter right now, uh, which it, has, has it launched already? Cause I know that you were launching it this evening as we're speaking. Just about an hour ago. 
fantastic um well uh and it'll be monday when this launches so Great. fingers crossed it'll it'll continue uh to get more and more backers uh Brilliant. so everybody go check that out uh now all of that aside chris uh-huh. unfortunately i've got some bad news for you What's that? um and that is that there's been a super intelligent ape takeover um so somewhere in the country somebody's been mucking about with with some apes and made them into super intelligent beings and they've decided to um to rise up and take over the country so my my uh, first question for you is what is your action plan for survival what is my action plan for survival okay let me think about this well i was thinking about it and i was thinking well to be honest the super intelligent ape is really just the same as a human isn't it so it's kind of you know it's I, so we could actually be okay it might just be a case of like a change of government so yep. i don't know if it's going to be that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could it could be all right in the end couldn't it it could be but the other thing i was thinking was well you know these superhuman apes they're going to be quite new to everything and if there's one thing about apes and it's there's one thing that humans probably do better than apes, and that is learning things and being able to teach. So actually, if you were to get in with the apes and actually maybe help them out, maybe teach them English or whatever language, um, I mean, well, it's, it's, it's going to be English because I'm in England at the moment. So actually, <laughs> you know, you could probably get on their good side and actually get a good job with them teaching English and just stay on their good side, basically, and don't look in their eyes either. Yeah, <laughs> ever, the, ever. Otherwise, you're up for trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't look in their eyes and don't pick a fight. Just stay on the right side of them. I think it'll Definitely. be okay. We've been through worse. Yeah, definitely um and uh so uh let's imagine that you've become a teacher um for for this new super intelligent ape society okay uh, and uh your your students ask you about the days before um before this hmm. uh change in in government uh, and they ask you what's the first comic you remember enjoying First comic I remember enjoying would have been Eagle comic in the 1980s, the 1980s version of Eagle. Now, this was basically a relaunched version of a, of a comic that came from the 1950s that had the Dan Dare in it. Some people might have heard of Dan Dare. Um, so this basically relaunched in, I think it was 1982 when I was really, really young. And it was basically really, really good. I, I just remember that very, very clearly. Um, it's um, basically... I remember my dad talking about it because he read the original comic when he was younger. And then I just remember seeing the adverts on the telly. So I have some like really happy memories of, of basically going up to my local town and the local news agents and my nan buying me a copy of the comic and me kind of reading it with my brother. So yeah, that would definitely be the first comic I would remember enjoying. That's awesome. And then at that time, were you creating your own stories as well? Do you know what? When I was young, I always used to draw out my own versions of Eagle or, you know, cool. I wanted to revamp it. I wanted to be the editor. So I'd always be coming up with revamps <laughs> of it because nice. I'm a bit of a designer as well. I, kind of, I do web design and stuff, but I always wanted my own comic. So Nice. And and so it was just complete revamps of, of the Eagle, not not coming up with um, your own 
like the Falcon or something. <laughs> no, well, yeah, no, I, I, no, actually, it was Revamps of Eagle. Actually, yeah, yeah, I, I never actually just came up on my own. I just, I think, I thought I could do awesome. better, at like age six. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> ridiculous <That's the> spirit. <laughs> nah, but you got, you got to believe it until you make it. Fake it till you make yes, it. That's exactly. the one, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, now, uh, the next question that comes up in the classroom is, what's the funniest comic? Well. Basically, the thing that comes to mind is I remember reading uh, a strip in 2000 AD in the 80s. It was written by Alan Moore um, and Alan Davis as well, I think. And it was a, it's a strip called DR and Quinch. It was basically this comedy about these um, two kind of aliens, I think they were. And they're always getting into trouble and doing stupid things. And there's just this one really, really ridiculous moment in it where they're they're basically making a film, I think. And Marlon Brando's in the film. And there's this giant pile of oranges. And basically, the pile of oranges like falls over and as Marlon Brando, Brando is about to get crushed one of them shouts out mind the oranges Marlon and for some reason it's it's so stupid and Marlon Brando gets crushed and it just makes me laugh whenever I think about it like um and, and I know there's probably much funnier moments much funnier things that I've read in comics but this is the one that sticks in my mind for some bizarre reason oh that's fantastic well it's it's great moments like that that kind of make make comics what they are and yeah. uh yeah being being able just to um look back at that moment um and uh yeah just uh in, in, enjoy it is uh it's, it's an absolute joy isn't it yeah it's true fantastic uh now uh, the next question that comes up changes gears a little bit mm-hmm. and that's what's the saddest comic that you've read i think the moment that's stuck in my mind the most for this would be in Preacher. Um, there's a moment where Jesse, the main character, there's a flashback. I think he is having a flashback while he's locked in a coffin underwater. So it's already pretty grim. But he's yeah. having a flashback of basically his dad being shot, basically. His dad gets killed. And then the people that killed his dad take his mum away. And he's watching, basically. It's horrible. It's really, really, it's quite a traumatic moment. Um, and that is probably the one that sticks in my mind so absolutely brutal um yeah and uh was there was there anything else um that that added to that at the time or was it just the fact that that was just so brutal (laughs) i think it was just the fact that that was so brutal actually it was because the thing about that comic is it's so i was thinking about this the other day because i haven't actually gone back and read it in a long time but because it's like this mix of comedy and and all you know there's so much comedy in it and then it can go from comedy to something really really dark in mm. uh, in a second and it's just yeah. a, a roller coaster and and some of the moments don't you know you go back and look at it now and a lot of the the violence and the moments and the humor in it it's kind of a little bit dated and stuff and doesn't to me doesn't work as well as it did back in the 90s but that moment mm. i feel still think is pretty impactful um they they didn't get it right on the TV show at all. They made a TV version of it that hit the marks in some places and just got it so wrong on some things. It got the mm. casting absolutely fantastic. Some of the mm-hmm. big moments like that, they were just, they just, it just didn't have the same impact whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, creating that roller coaster effect, really, because um, perhaps having the comedy makes it more impactful when you do have like the sad moments and the drama. Yeah, it's something I'm trying to do with my writing. Actually, I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to bring comedy into it, but then have like a shocking moment that kind of comes out of nowhere. 
basically, or a sad moment that comes out of nowhere. There's actually not that many sad moments in, in the new one, but there will be no. um, going forward. But I think, I think, yeah, definitely trying to have a roller coaster of emotions is is, is a good way, mm. good way to write something. It's it's a nice, it's fun to write stuff like that, and it's great when you yeah. see it drawn <laughs> and you can actually yeah. work out whether it's working or not. So fantastic uh now changing gears once again uh what's the scariest comic that you've read um the scariest comic i read um it's probably not as scary as it would be now but that i used to be terrified of a character in the 80s eagle called doom lord it was basically a photo story um the whole of or mo- half of the 1980s eagle was all photo stories and it sounds like it would be rubbish but actually <laughs> they were pretty good and actually i found some of them recently I had a look at them and they're not as bad as I remember or bad as I would have expected. Um, and the doom Lord one was terrifying. It was basically this, this creature that used to take over people's bodies. And then when he showed himself in alien form, it was just horrific mask. Um, I read recently, they found that the, the uh, I think it was like the editor of 2008 or whoever was right, you know, producing the comic found this mm. mask in some like joke shop in Soho. And it was really, really scary. Wow. Um, and the cover and the photography of it was just so scary that this cover that had Doom Lord on it, uh, it was an early issue of it. I, if that was somewhere in my bedroom, I would have to find it and hide it and turn it upside down and put it in a drawer because <laughs> I was so Definitely. scared of it. I was so scared I would see it in the middle of the night or something. It was just terrifying. So need to get an exorcist in. Yes, before you get rid exactly. Of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as I say, I'm sure there have been other terrifying moments, but that's just a. You know, when it's something that's, yeah. that you have that you remember. And how old were you? Oh when God, I'm about remember? five, I think. Yeah, so it's doubly so. Yeah, um, that it really imprints upon your mind. Because yeah. I, I just remember, you know, having either seen or read things when I was a kid, and then obviously you revisit it when you're you're an adult, and it's like, how on earth was I scared of that? Yeah, but, I had um, Salem's Lot, yeah. the movie Salem's Lot. Right, I saw it and I ran out of a, ran out of the room when this moment happened. I thought it was so yeah. scary, and I saw yeah, it on yeah. telly a few months ago, and it was just not scary in the slightest. <laughs> if it was really crap, <laughs> so that's hilarious. Yeah, no, I was same with uh, Jurassic Park. Although there are, I think, perhaps some genuine scary moments in that. Yeah. But, uh, and, and also, for some reason, um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, really? As well. You, yeah, you know, at the start, um, when they chop off that guy, the some guy's hands. Right, yes. At the start. Like, that imprinted onto my mind. Okay. I think, just like seeing like some guy getting his hands chopped off. Oh. Like, I hope that never happens to me type of thing. Well, yeah, um, but I mean, you know, looking back, it's fine. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's weird what sticks in your mind, isn't yeah. it, from, from when you're a kid. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, anyway, moving on um, to uh, my favourite question, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Actually, it would be the Judge Dread magazine. In it's issue seven of it, which is basically there was a story running in the first, I guess it must have been the first seven issues of the Judge Dredd mm-hmm. magazine. And it was called America. And it was basically a story. It was It's probably one of the most classic Judge Dredd stories ever written, uh, basically about a young girl that's kind of growing up in Mega City One and basically gets involved with a terrorist group and it's kind of like her and, and a young guy and it's kind of almost like a almost like a tragic love story uh but but also it's really dark and it really shows the the judge system in judge dread to be you know the, the fascist state that it is it's a brilliant mm. story it's it's an absolute 
Stone Cold Classic. Um, and the, the 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 cover that is my favorite would be the final episode of that. It's a it's a brilliant cover. Um, it's the it's the character America, the girl standing on the front with the kind of American flag kind of in bits behind her. It's it's it's. I think that's definitely their strongest cover. Um, and again, it's probably the one that I remember the most. But I could probably also say uh, Dan Fabry's covers on Preacher. There's just so many brilliant covers on that. And I, yeah. if I had a second choice, it would probably be one of them. I can't think which one. Pro- I think there's one where and if they're falling out of the plane is actually a pretty good one as well. Um, but yeah, so it would probably be the Judge Dredd one closely followed by something from Preacher. So <laughs> That's fantastic. And again, yeah, it just shows that, you know, when when you are younger that, you know, something imprints in your mind and yeah. like it really just stands out and you really enjoy it forevermore. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, another favourite of my uh, questions, and that is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to another British comic again, because I know I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. a lot about kind of 2000 AD and Eagle and stuff like that. But because that's, these are things that I read in my formative years, you know, I've, I've read yeah. kind of some of the American ones later on as I got older, but the stuff that would have been when I was a kid, the things that have really, really stuck with me all my life would be these comics because of different moments. And I think, again, going back to what I was saying about the 1980s Eagle comic and how I used to go and go and get it with my nan every week. Um, so every Saturday I'd be out shopping with my nan or she would come over when Top of the Pops was on BBC One on a Tuesday night. She'd come <laughs> over and watch it with my sister and my sister would dance around the living room and I would be reading my 2000 AD, sorry, or my Eagle, sorry, reading my Eagle. So these are like really happy memories of childhood, really happy memories of uh, members of my family. Some of them are no longer with us and so they're like you know happy innocent days um reading fun comics when i was a kid basically so yeah so i think that comic you know would probably be the one um closely followed by 2000 ad that just brings back so many happy childhood memories definitely oh that's beautiful man um it's uh it's, it's great to be able to draw upon those memories and uh, yeah yeah try to kind of perhaps recreate them for somebody else yeah yeah exactly Nice. Excellent. Uh, now, uh, what's the most underrated comic that you've read? There was a book published by Rebellion who do 2000 AD, and it's actually a story that was serialised in it. It's called Leviathan. It's really, really, really good. Um, it did really well in, in the comic at the time. It's basically about a ship like the Titanic called the Leviathan, and there's just loads of like creepy things going on in it, and it's just really, really, really good. But because it was kind of buried away in the comic and then kind of released as a book, I don't think a lot of people would have come across it, but I think it's really, really worth uh, digging it out and having a look at that one. Um, definitely. Fantastic. And kind of what, what's the what's the gist um, on like the premise I, of that one? Do you know what? It's been a while since I read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah just, They're basically on the ship and there's a load of murders taking place and nice. there's something horrible inside the Titanic, or not the Titanic, sorry, there's something horrible inside the Leviathan and it's... Right. it's basically something horrible powering it so it's 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 just a creepy horror story basically mm. nice i like it um yeah sounds uh sounds very alien almost yeah it like, is the would, would it would it have been before, before alien sorry no or it's after. only it's only it, it would have come out in the early 2000s actually it's, ah right yeah yeah, yeah. So basically it's in black and white and the style is really good um, mm. it's drawn by a guy called Disraeli who draws a, a lot of stuff in 2008. He does Scarlet Traces, uh, which was an, a, a book that they published and now it's now kind of part of 2000 AD. 
um, and I think called Stickleback in 2000 AD. But this is one of the first things I remember them doing in it. Uh, the artwork is just really, really good. There's some really experimental artwork on it, kind of like almost, I don't know what the name of it is. It's, it's almost like a kind of negative black and white in places. It's just really interesting. It's, cool. it's not just the storyline, it's the artwork and the way it looks. And the book, when they published the book, they made a really nice nice job of the of, of the, the, the printing of it as well. So I would say, even though you can get it digitally on the shop, on the 2080 shop, I'd say it's worthwhile mm. actually, you know, trying to find that one and, and, yeah, and buying right. it actually. It's really worth a read. It's not a long read. Uh, it's quite a short one, but I think it's 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 a good book. Oh, short and sweet can be uh, can be nice. Yes. As well as a, a kind of a lengthy through story <laughs> type <laughs> thing. So that's fantastic. Uh, now, uh, what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics? Okay, if it's a friend that's never read comics... Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, would be 2000 AD because of its anthology format. I think if you were to give mm. somebody that, uh, probably on one of their jumping on issues where it's all new stories, they tend to do that a couple of times a year. Uh, I think that would be a really good comic to give someone because there's going to be a variety of stuff in it. Um, you give someone a comic like, uh, you know, something like Batman or Superman, it's going to be hard, even though they're really, really good. There's no jumping on issues of those, really. There's nothing really you can yeah. give them that's that's really going to... Um, you know, give them the breadth of of, of what it's actually about or about what the comic is actually about. So I would definitely say 2000 AD there. Um, someone that's never read comics as well, I think Watchmen, obviously, I'm sure everyone says that or lots of people say mm. that, uh, but that's a good one as well. Um, and what was I thinking? V for Vendetta as well. Uh, I actually yeah. got my, I think my ex-partner saw the movie of that and then read the book and really loved the book and wouldn't be much of a comic reader. So right. that would be a good one as well. That, I, that, I definitely recommend that one. That's a good read. Really good read. So. 100%. Fantastic recommendations. Uh, and if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Well, <laughs> I'm going to say 2000 <laughs> again because it's the, it's been my it's been Excellent. my thing. I've read it since I was read it since I was a child. Um, Fantastic! I couldn't, I couldn't take anything else with me because I'd feel I'd feel like I've betrayed it, or you know, yeah. <laughs> it would have to be that. It w- it really would have to be that. Excellent. And how, how do you feel it's it's evolved from since you you started reading it to now? That's interesting because they're in a bit of a strange position because a lot of people that read it now have read it, are older readers, basically. So mm-hmm. they recognize this and a lot of the stories have got much more mature over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even though there's people reading it, and I think they did quite well digitally over the lockdown as well. I think they increased their subscriptions yeah. by quite a huge amount. So they're doing okay. But it's hard to get new young readers. So what they've started to do yeah. is do a, a thing four times a year where somebody basically does a takeover, an all ages takeover issue where all mm. the stories in it are aimed at younger readers. And I've, I've kind of got mixed feelings about that. I think it's necessary because you're trying to bring young readers in, but at the yeah. same time, shouldn't need it. If you know what I mean? I, I think mm. we didn't have a young version of 2000 AD when I was young. We just had a 2000 AD and it appealed yeah. to us when we were, yeah. it appealed to us as children. And mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd rather that the comic appeal to all ages anyway, rather than I, I don't see why you have to make the stories more childish to appeal to children. I, if you know yeah. what I mean, I think yeah, totally. It's it's difficult to explain. I think they're in a difficult position though, so I think they're they're trying all kinds of they things, are. and you can't blame them for trying. And actually, I, I enjoy the takeover issues. There's one out this week actually, which will be last week um, by the time this comes right. out. But yeah. Um, but yeah. 
so it's 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 definitely evolved over the years and i think what rebellion are doing with it as well not just 2000 ad but they you know they they've got this treasury of british comics where they they bought up all the old so much of the old kind of archive and they're releasing it and they they re-released royal the rovers and got new version of that which is a football comic from when i was young it's fantastic to see this kind of stuff really really yeah. good to see old comics being kind of re remade and and reborn and i i wish them all the success with it and i hope it kind of keeps expanding um Excellent. And if you were you were in charge, um, what what would you like to see um, in in the near future happening with two thousand AD? Um, I think just carry on doing what they're doing at the moment. Basically, yeah. I think they're doing a really really good job. Uh, I go through phases with it. Actually, even though I've said I've read right. it for, for years, I go through phases where I read all mm. five stories in it, and I go through yeah. phases like at the moment actually where I'm only reading one. Of them. I'm only enjoying right. one of them at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then that changes. And, I, and I've, I've had periods where I've stopped reading it for a year and then I've kind of gone back and kind of I've read it afterwards. But um, I just think, you know, I don't know what I would do about the, the situation about trying to entice younger readers. I think what they're doing is a, is a good step. I don't know if it's the right thing, but I don't know what the right thing is either. So, yeah, that's the issue, that. isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> it's a, that's the issue, isn't it? It's so frustrating because yeah. obviously you want you do want to get new readers, um, particularly younger readers as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you don't know what works, so you got to try stuff. Um, yeah, I think and, what they're uh, doing as well. Them. It's interesting what they're doing is they have these kind of takeover issues, and then if a strip works in the takeover issue, they put it into the main issue. And I think that's that's mm. actually quite interesting. Um, is that's is the cool. strategy to kind of you know get the new readers like four times a year, and then kind of get the comic a mix of kind of 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 stuff, or are they gradually going to take over the uh, the the main issue with yeah. the stuff that was in the the younger readers issue or the all all ages issue? I should say mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, yeah. Definitely. Very interesting. Um, well, uh, along with um, all of the progs, um, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse with you as well? Oh, what useful item? Um, oh, God, I am trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Um, what would I take? What would you know? Something to entertain the monkeys. Um, yeah, exactly. Then, so think of your position. So you, you're you're actually a teacher. Yeah. Um, so I guess what what would you? Find oh, I know. I would take them. I would take them the box set of the original Planet of the Apes. Actually, and show them that. Amazing. Yeah, I would show them that, and I'd say, look, you need to. You know, we need peace. We don't want it to end up like this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Use it. Use it as a um, a tale of warning. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Um, Planet of the Apes DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, it should be streaming these days, shouldn't it? That's it's true. A, That's yeah. true. Yeah. For all the kids Very out there, DVD, it's a, it's a CD with a movie on it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, excellent. Well, Chris Files, thank you so much for sharing your comics with the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Excellent. And uh, just for the listeners one more time, where can they find you online? You can find me on Twitter at I am Chris Files. That's I am Chris, F-I-L-D-E-S. I'm on, on Instagram as well, but I don't use it very often. And it's it's more kind of like for my personal use. But I am Chris Files on Twitter would be where you'd find me with my comics and my writing. So, Brilliant. And then do you have any uh, cons coming up at all? 
Actually, I do. I'm going to be at a con on Saturday, but that will be over by the time um, by the time this goes up. So there's a <laughs> Bristol convention for LGBTQ comics. Uh, I just, just happened to be in England at the moment visiting family and yeah. like, managed to get a space on that. I was on the waiting list, nice. so I'm going to be taking a few copies of Fanny Galactic, the first book to that, because the second one isn't printed yet. It's not quite finished. Mm. It'll be printed in the next month or two. And then I'm going to be at Thought Bubble in November. So I have a, sta- have a table nice. at Thought Bubble, so I'm really looking forward to that superb uh well if if anybody's uh about in, in bristol uh i hope you had a good time um because obviously yeah this is this is airing after after that but uh other than that you'll be able to catch chris at thought bubble fantastic uh well again chris thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today and uh yeah hopefully because i'm not able to make thought bubble this year oh. um yeah my uh my my wife's um due with our uh second second child around that time so um yeah thank you um so very doubtful that i'll be able to to make it Uh, but yeah hopefully our paths will cross at some stage yeah i hope so definitely brilliant okay chris well um best of luck with the rest of the kickstarter and uh thanks again thank you very much for having me bye for now bye thanks again to chris for being on comics for the apocalypse it was an absolute pleasure if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Chris's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally... As long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.